Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. Now, I want you to hear me real good. As I begin to teach and talk to you guys today, uh, last Sunday I talked, I put myself into the equation. Today I'm putting you in the equation. I need to speak directly to you, and you need to hear directly from me and from the Holy Ghost. So when you see the scriptures today, they are for you. Amen. I want you to do me a favor first. Just do this. Yep. It's for you. It's for you. All right. Being repairers, that means we have to to be able to understand what's happening not only in this house, but why you come to this house, why God is sending you to this house. And you understand that you are here to get repaired so that you can repair others. So it's very important that you come to truth with who you are. You have to realize that there's something wrong. When you go to the doctor's office and you go to that doctor and you say that you're not telling him what's wrong, you know something wrong, but you're trying to let him figure it out. You're wasting time, money, energy, effort, equipment, and somebody else who, who, who's obviously sick and know that they come and willing to tell the doctor what's wrong, you're trying to make him play a guessing game. Because you don't want to be honest with yourself. Baby, I'm going to turn my back on you and tell you the truth. You messed up. You might not admit it. You might not want to admit it. But you got some issues. Now, your issues may not be as worse as the person sitting next to you, but you have some issues. Your issue may not send you to hell, but then they might. To him to know to do good and do it not, to him it becomes sin. And it's something that we don't talk about in church much more is sin because we want to keep our people. And if I talk to you about your sin, chances are you might not come back the next Sunday. Well, I'm going to take that chance. Because I cannot help you by keeping your name on the roll and the Lord come back and you get left here. Because I didn't tell you the truth. Which would you rather refer? Taking a chance on going to hell or me telling you the truth? So I can't be concerned with the church roll. I cannot be concerned if you don't come back next week. But today... I'm going to tell you the truth. Some of you in here will identify because I'm going to pick back up where I left last week. You identify when you heard me talking about my situation and Paul talking about his situation. Well, today I'm going to let you enter into this situation so you can see you because you're your worst enemy. And and the the key part about it, the, the, the most staggering part about it is that you love God. You know God. You know his words. But there's something more. Listen to me good. And and hear me. There's something more. There's something missing. You love God, and when you mess up, you get grieved. You get heartache. You want to do right, but you keep on going back to that same old thing. It's obvious that you need something more. What I'm going to do today is show you through the Scriptures so you will be able to come outside of yourself and start realizing that God knows you. You don't believe it. He gave us a revelation in Revelation. <laughs> he said, I know you. You saying you're rich. You saying you got together. You saying you're this. He said, but I know you. I know you're miserable. I know you're wretched. Wretched. How many wretched folk? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Almost got you there, didn't it? Well, I'm still dealing with struggling with a satisfied life. And I know y'all are tired of seeing that dude over there, but there's a dude at the top, too. He's frustrated. And there's a woman down here at the bottom. She's frustrated. You can't hardly see him good, but they're there. Uh-huh. Just like some of y'all. Can't hardly see you, but, but you're here. Yeah, you, you camouflaged. When I came up in the youth ministry, they just said flodging. Yeah, yeah. So you flodging. That's Okay. Because the word will find you out. So not only have I talked about last week about you getting yourself together, but I have another question today. And I want to ask you to ask yourself, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? What is wrong with me? I know. Have you ever done something 
and, and you know you shouldn't have done it. And then you ask yourself, what is wrong with me? I was stupid. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I'm talking to you today. You know something is wrong. You may not be able to put your finger on it, but you know something is wrong. So let's pick back up where we were last week with Romans chapter 7, verse uh, 15, all the way through 25. Now I'm reading from the, uh, the message translation, but I want you to understand it so that you can see it for yourself. And when you see those, I know that I'm talking about you. Amen? And this is scripture. Paul was talking about himself. And last week, I talked about myself. This week, I want you to see yourself. I have underlined several things so that I can show you and point out some of the key points that you need to understand and realize. So here we go. Yes, I'm full of myself. And that's you talking to you. I'm full of myself. After all, I spent a long time in sin prison. I was locked up in chain and in bondage. I was doing what I wanted to do. I was doing my own thing. What I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then I act another. Doing things I absolutely despise. Yeah, some of y'all in here, right? Uh huh. You think one way, and you go just the opposite. You're doing stuff that you know God don't like, and you know you hate doing it, and you shouldn't like doing it, but you're doing it. The bottom line is so I can't be trusted to figure out what's best for myself. That's the bottom line. You're immature. You can't figure out what's best for yourself. So I can't be trusted to figure out what is best for myself and then do it. It becomes obvious that God's commands is necessary. It's obvious to me that I need the commandments of God. You know, some of you all are living by the commands of God. Thou shalt not steal. You don't steal because that's been ingrained in you that you shouldn't steal. Okay? All right? Even when you do it, you get convicted. Or you should get convicted. Even the little stuff, and it just came to me. I don't know who in here doing it, but don't do it no more. If you go in a, in a, in a store and you change the tag on something to a law, that's stealing. I don't, where, I don't know where it came from, but, but, but take it back. No, I don't know. I ain't going to tell you to take it back. You might get locked down doing time. Take, you know what? I'm going to leave you with you, all right? I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> I don't know where it came from, who dealing with it, but anyway. All right. Y'all should be here on Wednesday night, so we're teaching them the gifts of the Spirit. There's a lot of stuff God telling y'all. Y'all overlooking it. Y'all think it's coincident. No, it ain't coincident. It's the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let me leave that alone. Let me get back to where I was, all right? So it's obvious that I need God's command. It's obvious to me. Is it obvious to you that you need God's command, that you need these commands to tell you do not steal, do not kill, do not commit adultery? Amen? You need these commandments in your life. There's some sense of control that I've got these commands. At least I'm not as bad as some of them are. (laughs) Why? Because of these commands. All right? Let's go on. But I need something more. What? You mean to tell me that the command that God gave is not enough to keep you from sinning? To keep you from doing your own thing? To keep you from messing up? These commands are not enough? This is Paul talking. I said it last week, and I'm telling you today, you need something more. Come on, Pastor, you're tripping now. You just lost me. Because if I got the commands of God, if I got the word, I don't need anything more. Let's keep reading. For I know the law, but still can't keep it. Uh-huh. You got the word, you know the word, but you still can't keep it. So you need something more. There's something else going on. And if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need some help. Be true to yourself. You hear this? Sin keeps sabotaging my best intention. When I get up in the morning, I've got my mind made up. I'm not going to mess up. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to keep my, my, myself straight on the, on the narrow, and I'm going to watch God, and God's going to do what he's going to do. And then I find out I need help because I done did what I said I wasn't going to do. All right. But I realize 
I don't have what it takes. How many of you all struggling with some issues in your life, and you know the Word of God, you love God, but it, it, it's still getting the best of you? Some of you are still lying. You're still cheating. You're still, you're, still, you're still being you, even though you come to church on Sundays and Wednesdays. I realize I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. Sound like you're bipolar. <laughs> Something is going wrong. That's not a bad thing. It just means that you need some help. And God can help you. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but then I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in action. Something has gone wrong deep within me, and it gets the better of me every time. Something has gone wrong in you. You were not created like that. Something has happened inside of your suke, your mind, your thinking process. Something has short-circuited. Something has went wrong in here. You know you don't supposed to think like that. You know you know you're supposed to do better. Matter of fact, you know you can do better. And with all this going on inside you, something is wrong. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to help some of you all out. Stop believing. And I ain't going to, uh, I, mean, I may get into trouble, so Lord, help me. I'm going to say it, so God, help me how to say it. Some of you believe what the doctors tell you. I'm not saying you can't. But I'm saying there's a healer. Some of you won't listen to God, and you got so far out there, and you believe it when they tell you you're bipolar. If you don't watch the devil, he's deceptive. He'll just want you to have, what you really need some attention. What you really need is some discipline. Amen? What you really need is the word of God to help you, to stabilize you. Sometimes you're just going after fleshly desires. And you know better, and there lies the conflict. And when the devil can get you in conflict, he begins to sabotage everything that you do, and you start to think that you're crazy because it's an easy way out. Not everybody who they say are bipolar is bipolar. Some of y'all got some sense. Mm -hmm. I told you last week, you don't want deliverance. You just want forgiveness. You don't want to be free because you like what you're doing. God didn't create you to like what you're doing, and you know it's wrong and it's against his will. That's why it's going to cause you some issues. Watch this. But it happens so regularly that it's predictable. Some of you all know. How long? Okay, let me, let me, let me, let me do a, a, a test. Some of you all, you know, that you make a commitment to God, you're going to mess up. You make a commitment today that you're not going to mess up. You know that you got probably, what, 30 days? Some of you got 60 days. Some of you may have six months. Some of you may get a year, but you know that temptation coming back at you again. And you know you can look back over your life and see the inconsistency that you have. When you tell God, God, I know I'm not going to mess up, and then three months later, boom, you mess up again. All right, you get back right again with God. Three months later, boom, it's predictable. It's strategic. It's something going on that you don't want to admit. You know the truth, but you don't want to admit it. And it keeps hindering you and throwing you back. Every time you take those steps ahead, you find yourself right back there again. You progress just to regress. You should be tired of that. All right. So it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. 
I truly delight in God's command. You hear this? This is a person that knows God. This is a Christian. This is you. I truly delight in God's command. But it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in on that delight. I love God. But there's some things in me that want to walk on the wild side. So all of me is not joining in in the delight. Parts of me covertly rebels. And just when I least expect it, it pounces on me. I end up doing what I shouldn't do. It takes charge. Watch this. I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at, my, I'm at the end of my rope. And there's no one who can do anything for me. I want to be able to tell you today, I have an answer to your question. I'm going to tell you the truth about you. And you might not want to hear it, but you need to grasp it, embrace it, and deal with it. Before you were formed in your mama's womb, God knew you. Meaning you were spiritual from the beginning. You were born into a natural realm. You're more spiritual than you are natural. You have just learned how to live this natural life so well that you've gotten comfortable with being carnal. You're underestimating who he created you to be. For you were created in his image and in his likeness. You cannot enjoy sin for a season. It's just not possible. You were not created to sin against him. You were created to be one with him. Therefore, you cannot be satisfied if you're outside of his will. Nothing happens the way it should. You're going against the grain. You're kicking against the pricks. But you want to be happy. I say to you, get out of the way. For your life is hid in Christ. You cannot be happy outside of his will. You're trying to get your ends to meet. You're trying to get your marriage together. You're trying to get your kids straightened out outside of God's will. It ain't going to happen. You got to return back to him and realize who he is. For he's your maker, your creator. You are created to be like him, to act like God. As long as you're acting like the flesh or like the enemy, you cannot be satisfied. That's why you, I'm going to tell you some stuff in the natural. That's why some of you all, you get a house, and you're so happy with that house, six, seven years later, you're ready to buy a new house. Why? Because you're progressive. You want to grow to the next level. Why? Because that's your God. He's always, he's always doing big things. He's always going from one level to the next, from glory to glory. So we're hard to be satisfied. That's why you got to get in him, because you have the potential to do all things through him. Baby, you don't have to stay where you are. If you busted, broke, disgusted, something is going wrong. That is not God's intent. The problem is you're happy with the way you're living. And you want somebody to help you, and you want somebody to feel sorry for you. Maybe you need to get yourself together. The Bible, God told you the word. He said that if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Don't watch me eat the good and you're starving. Don't become begging me for mine. You can get yours. If you're willing and then obedient, you can eat the good of the land. You can have it all. The problem is we have forgotten who we were. Well, let me tell you the truth. The devil knows who you are. He's planning and plotting while you're asleep. 
Once you realize that you are a spiritual being, stop thinking that you're having this, you are a human, you are having a human experience. But your warfare, I'm going to show you something that's going to make sense to you. Watch this. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 12. Final word. Be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Put on, the, all, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. You hear this? God's going to let you on to something that you knew but that you denied. The devil is strategizing against you. How many of you realize that? Now, now watch this. It would be unfair if he was strategizing against human beings. Uh-huh. So you're more than just a human being. You're a spiritual being. That's why God gave you instructions on what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you walk in every day. That's why you don't operate in your gifts. That's why when you have discernment, you think you just don't like people because you discern something ain't right. No, you're just picking up something wrong in them. There's a spirit involved in them, and you pick that spirit up. You can still love that person. You don't know who you are. You don't know your gifts. You don't know your callings. You're trying to operate with spiritual stuff, but you won't even learn and take time to figure out how you were created. You get something about it. You get a word of knowledge. You go gossiping. You go telling everybody. Because you don't understand you. You're confused. You're full of yourself. I'm not fussing. Now watch what God tells us. He said, for you are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world. You don't believe that, do you? Baby, you're not fighting against your husband, your wife, your children. You're fighting against spirits. I'm going to scare you right now. You're fighting against demons. That's something we don't supposed to talk about in church. Demon. I don't supposed to say the word demon. Well, demon, 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 demon. We're fighting against demons. We can go to the movie, we can watch them, and we get scared. And then we think it's just on the movie screen. Baby, what's enticing you to do wrong? What strategy has he put together to keep causing you to be predictable? Just when you say, God, I'm going to do what's right, the strategies kick in, and you do what's wrong. The devil is playing with your mind. He's sifting you as wheat. He's trying to find your weak points. And when he find them, he's going to play on them. Why would people, or why would corporations spend $3 million on a 15 or a five-second ad? Why? Because they're sifting you. They're planting things in your mind, in your suitcase. They want to find, when is everybody watching the TV? Because I'm going to tell them a vision. I'm going to tell a vision. They pick the time when the best game is on. When everybody want to watch and get involved in the TV, and then they want to pay. That's when the ads and the, and the advertisement price goes up. Why? Because they're giving them an opportunity to television. Prime time. It's strategic. And you wonder where these temptations come from? How did this stuff get in me? The Bible told you, I told you last week, you can't have what you want because you're warring against stuff going on inside you. How did it get in you? Television. It's telling you a vision. And you're wondering why you can't get over it? Because he's put it into you. He put it in you. 
You're not wrestling against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. That's what's wrong. Your love for God is still there, but you won't acknowledge these demons. You play along with them. You're running with them. I don't have to cast the demon out of you. I need to keep you away from the demons. Lay hands on you and cast the demon out? No. Lay hands on the demon and cast you out the demon. That's the problem. You're the problem. You're running with them. You're cooperating with them. You've given them ammunition. Pastor, I don't see nothing wrong with having fun. Then you need to look in the spirit realm. What do you consider fun? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Some of this, you know the stuff you're doing ain't God. If God can't get involved in it, that means it's wrong. If you have to tell God, wait here till I come back, you know you're wrong. <laughs> and you open yourself up for deception. You're deceiving yourself that you're going to have just a little fun. God, I'm thinking, how much is a little sin? A lot of problems. Sin is sin. I'm just going to eat a little of that rat poison. That's all. Really? You don't see the warfare, the fight that you're in. And if you're going to really live this life, you're going to have to understand that this is a spiritual warfare. This is something strategic that the devil is using against you. And watch this. Everybody else knows you're wrong, but you convinced yourself that you were right. You convinced yourself it's okay. No, you didn't convince yourself. He deceived you. He got in your head and deceived you to make you think that it's okay. To make you think it's all right. But deep down inside of you, you know it's wrong. The real you does not have an excuse. You know you're wrong. I don't, care what, I don't care what kind of excuse. I can give myself an excuse. Well, well, Miss King don't, don't cook breakfast for me. So, so I got a right just to go down the street to this other woman's house. I'm just going to eat breakfast down there. Really? Now, quit pinching my hand. <laughs> yeah, that was your saying. She quit my hand like you tried. You tried. You tried. I'm going to break your, you go for breakfast, I'm going to break your dinner plate. <laughs> Quit saying amen. Who's that back to say amen? <laughs> oh, boy, y'all going to be, let me get back to the scripture. Y'all, y'all going to be delivered. Y'all going to be delivered. Watch this, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 through 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, not fleshly. They're not oozy. They're not nine millimeters. Mm-mm. They're not a, a knife. They're not, they're, they're, it's not what you think they are. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Where are the strongholds? In your mind. The devil defeating you because he got in your head. He has captured your thought pattern. He understands how you think. You know, in warfare, if any of you all have been in the military, if you understand the thinking or the warfare, the, the how your enemy thinks, you got a chance on defeating him. Once the devil understood how you thought and what you think about, he began to put mines in your way, landmines. And he's taking you apart, and you don't even realize it. Your thought pattern, what you think. Sometimes, I tell you, the battle is not as bad as you think it is. But the devil has painted a bad picture. Some of you parents in here right now, your kids are not as bad as they think they are. They're not, they're not doing everything. If they, if they are, guess what? God can help you. He got you. 
You're losing sleep over something you can't even control because he's messing with your mind. You can't sleep. Mm-hmm. So here's what he says. Cast down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. If this ain't of God, I don't want it. I can't do it. What is he trying to do? He's trying to get you to strengthen yourself so when these other battles come, you'll be able to handle them. Most of you are falling on these little little minds because you won't listen to what God told you about these other little patterns or thought patterns that come through your head. You think you can think about it, you can watch it, and it's okay. It's not okay. It's strategic. You hear me? This week we're fasting. Thank you, two people. (laughs) Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, from 5 in the evening to 5 in the morning. No food. It's an easy, simple fast. Fast and pray. Why, Pastor? Because I want to get you to a point where you realize this flesh is your problem. And you're going to have to crucify it. I don't know if you all know it or not, but I'm leading you all to deliverance. But before you can qualify for deliverance, have you first of all exercised your right in the word of God and stood your ground? You've done that? Okay, now let's crucify the flesh. And that's what we're going to do this week. We're going to fast to crucify this flesh. We're going to tell this flesh what it's going to do and what it's not going to do. No, you're not going to eat that cake. No, you're not going to eat that cake. No, you're not going to do it. Mm-mm. No, you're not going to run the streets. No, at 2 o'clock, you're going to be in the bed. No, matter of fact, 12 o'clock, I'm putting you to bed. I'm putting you to sleep at 10. You take 9.30. You put yourself on a, on a lock. No, you're not smoking this. We're going to crucify you. And listen, crucifixion, I've never seen anybody say, Woo, yeah, ha, let's go crucify ourselves. I've never seen that. Crucifixion is always, always a challenge. It is always painful. Right now, some of you probably already gave yourself an excuse. Well, you know, I, I work at night, and I sleep during the day. Well, get up early, eat you something. Leave that alone. Okay. All right. Cast it down imagination, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You have to catch the thought before it becomes an action. You sitting there thinking about it, thinking about it. Well, should, should I get on this TV? Should I get on this computer? Should I, should I, no. And, and watch this. And, and, and men are visual. And when you're on the computer and all them little ads go down the side of that page over there, I try to shut them off. I try to close them off, but they still come back, still come back. You got to get on there and get off. You can't stay on there. Oh, men look straight ahead. Okay? Because these are, these are strategic attacks. The devil is sifting you to find out where your weaknesses are. And if you keep letting that little message go into your mind, then he's setting up strongholds. He's setting up imaginations. Y'all don't hear me. You wonder why you keep running out? You wonder why you keep doing wrong? Because he's planning. He's plotting against you. He's leading you on. And you're going for it. Yeah, boy. Uh Uh-huh. Cast down. Bring that thought into captivity. I don't think like that. I refuse to think like that. And then if you don't, if, if your flesh still fight, let every man have his own wife. I can't have her. And women, same way, because I don't know what y'all be going through, but I heard it. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Because see, y'all be trying to pretend like y'all got it together. Y'all not tempted in any shape, form, or fashion. I don't know why y'all can't get along with each other. Mm -hmm. The devil knows. I'm going to go ahead on now. I'm going to go ahead on. The devil knows that if he can. Some of y'all don't like that. You want to fight. You want to throw your shoe. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. The devil knows that if he, can get, if he can capture your thought life, he's won a mighty victory over you. 
If he can get you to yield to him and let him, and, and let him put a thought in your mind, he knows he's got that victory over you. He's already won the battle, baby. You can declare war all you want to. The battle's been won when you let him in your head. I challenged you last week. If you know your weakness, lay it aside. Get rid of it. Get it out, especially for these next four weeks that's coming up. Because we're going to fast for four weeks. That flesh going to cry out. Matter of fact, some of y'all flesh crying out right now. Who do you think he is? How he going to call a fast for me? I know how to call a fast when I get ready. That's that devil in you. That's that devil in you. He's telling you this crazy stuff in my presence. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Get out of him right now. And no, they don't want you. So somebody he lying to right now and say, I want to be here. Yeah, I want to keep. No, no, you don't want to keep no spirit, no devil, no demon. You don't want to keep no unclean spirit because you're going to be unclean. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you what Jesus said. I will not speak to you much longer. For the ruler of this world, Satan, is coming. He was coming after Jesus, so you know he's going to come after you. And Jesus was anointed. And he has no claim on me, no power over me, nor anything that he can use against me. I have given him no place. I have been watching his pornography. I have been sneaking with those women. I have been smoking those drugs. I have been drinking that alcohol. He has no place in me. He has nothing to use against me. I'm not cussing. I'm not lying. I'm not stealing. I'm not cheating. He has nothing to use against me. So what does the devil have on you? What have you been doing in the pale moonlight? Boy, my time is about up. Remember this. We are a spiritual being born in a natural world. We've been focused on living in this natural world so long and so much that we've forgotten we are spiritual beings. You become carnal. And these spirits are tempting you in your carnal state to do what's wrong. Why? Because he placed it in you, and now he's coming after it. When you're watching that stuff on the, on, the, on, the, on the TV, when you're watching that stuff, he's planting messages in you. He's putting stuff in you. Why? Because he's coming after it. Yeah. He's coming after you to find out if it's still there, if you allowed it to stay in you. You wonder why you keep messing up? Because you keep having that thought. You still got his phone number. You still got her phone number. You still this. You still that. He knows that. You keep his ring. You got that old ring. You've been married for 30 years now. Why are you keeping that little penny ring that he bought for you? Throw that crap away. It wasn't worth it in the first place. It wasn't worth nothing when he gave it to you. He probably found it somewhere and gave it to you, and you got it for sentimental value. No, it's demonic strongholds. But he bought me them shoes. They've been out of style, and they're coming back in style. When are you going to let them go? You don't understand. I like this purse. It's the only one. Get you another one and let that demon go. Break that strong tie. Break that soul tie. Break that stronghold. Get yourself. Shake yourself loose. You can do this. You can come out of this. Pastor, you just don't understand. Pastor, this, this thing is so strong. Pastor, I can't let it go. Pastor, Pastor, shut up and listen. Watch this. There has no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. Baby, what you're going through, everybody went through. And everybody go through. So stop thinking it's just you. Even though you're going through it, God is faithful. 
You acting a fool. You letting the devil play with your mind. You thinking that you gotta do this. You gotta go out with the girls. You gotta hang out with them. You gotta go out with the boys. You got no, you don't. You have a husband, you have a wife, you have a God you have to glorify. But something in me just wanna go out. Yeah, that's what's in you. That's the problem. It's in you, and you need to get it out of you. God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able to bear. The devil can't hit you with all he got because God won't let him. But every time he tempts you, because he done put something in you, every time he tempts you, he come after that thing. But with the temptation also make a way of escape. Think about it. Think about it. When you tried to, when you get ready to do wrong, something happened. And you could have stopped it right then. But you wanted to do it. God will not take authority over your will. If you want to do wrong, God will get out of your way. Oh, he's willing to help you. He sees you getting ready to yield to it, and he does something quick to give you a way out. He opens up that door, and you have to run as in terror. Because you don't, that door closes right back up. There's not one of you in here can do wrong, especially after this day, and not see the way that God gives you to escape. There's always God is faithful. You won't be able to stand before him when all is over, said, and done and say that, you know what, God? I had to do it. God said, no, I gave you a way out, and you wouldn't take it. Amen. He will always. He is faithful. So from here on out, whenever you get ready to sin, look for your excuse. Look for your way out. He's going to give you a way out of it. And if you do it, it's because you want to. But don't say he's not faithful. He just made a statement. God is faithful. And he will make a way to escape every time so that you'll be able to bear. Some of you don't realize it. But there's a day of judgment. To you all out here that don't believe that there's a heaven or a hell, please keep your options open. <laughs> keep those open, if you don't mind. If you would, please do yourself a favor. Keep those options open. Yeah, yeah, there's a possibility that it, it might be true. Uh-huh. And, and, and in the end time, when it's all over said and done, you won't be surprised to know that it was true. Amen. And now the choice has already been made, and the results are there. What, have, what we missed up in the church is that we stop reminding you that there are consequences for sin. We say that you're under grace, but I believe you can abuse the grace of God. Mm -hmm. God cannot allow you to continue in sin just so that grace can abound. God forbid. How can you continue in sin if you're dead to it? That's why you have grace, because you died to sin. And you hadn't died to it. So God keeps extending grace to you to get over it. Keep extending grace to you to get over it. Keep extending grace to you to get over it. But you don't want to get over it, so you abuse the grace. It's not profiting you because you're abusing it. You're messing up because you know God's going to forgive you. Really. Let me tell you something. Let me show you something. God did not spare the ancient world except for Noah and his seven others in his family. Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment, so God protected Noah when he destroyed the world of ungodly people with a vast flood. God did what? He destroyed the world. He did not spare the ancient world. If he let you get away, he got 
apologize to the ancient world. Watch this. Later, God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and turned them into a heap of ashes. Then he got to go apologize to them if he let you get away. Mm-hmm. If he let you keep sneaking out, let you keep being rebellious, let you keep doing this, he has to go apologize to these people I'm talking about right now. That means he has to admit that he was wrong. God cannot be wrong. He can't even lie. He made them an example that he ain't playing with you. You keep playing with me. You keep playing thinking that he gonna, you can get away with your mess. God said, I'm not playing this time. Uh-uh. He made them an example of what would happen to ungodly people. But God also rescued Lot in, uh, out of Sodom because he was a righteous man who was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around him. God know how to get you out of it? Everybody else doing wrong. Your company that you keep is all whack. They all messed up. God know how to deliver you from them folks. He can get you out of it. And he'll get you out before he destroys them. Watch this. Yes, Lot, a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness that he saw and heard day after day. Lot was grieved by that mess. All that foolishness that was going on. All that. You know what something was going on. Can I say it now? They told you you can't talk about it in church. Laws have changed. You can't offend people. Mm-hmm. Y'all want to arrest me? You going to go tell the folks that I said something about it? Homosexuality is wrong. It's wrong. And I know they say, you can't say nothing. You can't tell the people about it. It's their right. Their civil right. Really? If God says wrong, you can't make it right. And you might like it, but God ain't with it. And if he lets you get away, he had to apologize to Solomon and Gomorrah. So, we, so you can see, the Lord knows how to rescue the godly people from their trials. Even while keeping the wicked under punishment until the day of final judgment. God said, there's some people that don't want to do right. You know what? I'm going to let them stay in that position. But there's a final judgment coming. You know what? People don't have to convince me that I'm wrong. My conscience does a great job of that. And I listen to my conscience. When I know I'm wrong, okay, God, help me. Help me, because I'm messed up. I done did wrong. Now, God, God, if you don't help me, I'm going to hell. So, God, you got to help me. I don't want to go to hell. Watch this. Well, he is especially hard on those who follow their own. I did not put that word in there. Twisted. Twisted desire. Oh, you saw that in there? Uh-huh. Can't say that word in church either. Sex. I don't know how you got here. Uh-huh. 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 And I don't know if it was twisted. Well, let me stop. Yeah, going back. So twisted sexual desires. And who despise authority. Yeah. 
I don't despise authority. The only way you can do your own thing is to despise this. Shun it. Push it aside. Get rid of it. And that's what the world is trying to do now. They're fighting so hard to get rid of this. Because this not only exposes the enemy, it exposes you. And that's why most people don't want to come to church. They don't want to be exposed. I submit to you today, what's wrong with you? Go look. Look in the mirror. And you'll discover what's wrong with you. There's a war going on in the inside of you. I don't believe all of you all. Matter of fact, I don't believe none of you all are possessed by a demon. Possession shows ownership. You cannot sit in here if you were possessed by a devil. Now, you may have one, but he does not own you. He's there because of your thought pattern. I was looking around. My little granddaughter came over, and they played with me. I played with my granddaughters this week, y'all, and son, grandson. So I was trying to find one of her little toys. She must have took them all because I was going to bring one. I wanted, I wanted one of them that you know, had the little hands and stuff on it because I was going to bring it out of my pocket and with the hands and stuff crawling. And y'all going to say, ooh, what happened? They came out of him? I wonder what's in you. I really would look into the spirit, what would I see lurking in you? What are you allowing to hitch a ride in your body? Who else is living in you? In your house? Oh, yeah. Bow your heads. Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. If you would like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.